welcome to the Mead Feed. I'm glad you joined me. I was planning on recording this yesterday, actually, and then I started going down the rabbit trail of Putin and Russia and Ukraine, and then literally six hours later, I realized that I hadn't prepared anything for the podcast. I just followed all of the Ukraine rabbit trails. So here we are. Today we're going to be talking not about the Ukraine and not about Russia because I don't feel qualified at this point yet to talk to you about that. I hope that that's something you can respect. I hope you like the fact that I'm not ready to speak about that yet. But today we are going to be talking about the Wisconsin report that was given yesterday to Wisconsin representatives. And how I found out about this was I was looking at Donald Trump's PR releases from yesterday, and this is the statement that he put out. Everyone who loves America should be closely following today's vital hearing in the Wisconsin Assembly Committee on Campaigns and Election with highly respected former Wisconsin State Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman. So I go ahead and I follow the link. You actually have to like register for the Wisconsin state video library and make a password and an email address. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. So I do all those things and I get the footage and I start watching it. It's four hours long and I think I made it through about an hour and a half of it, but I got the gist of it so that I could tell you about it because obviously if President Trump thinks it's important, it's something that we need to be paying attention to. Before I dive into it, though, I want to tell you about a meme that I saw the other day, and it was just one of those things where when I saw it, I thought, oh my gosh, this is so spot on right now. So it was this cat, and if you've ever had a cat before and you like to torture your cats for fun, okay, don't go crazy on me now, but like get a laser pointer and just, you can literally make the cat run up a wall with a laser pointer. It you you know, wherever the laser pointer goes, that's where your focus goes. And that's what's happening right now in the media is that everywhere they point us to, that's where they want our focus to go. That's where they want our attention to go to. When all of the real news that we need to be ta- paying attention to is over on this side. And so obviously this Russia-Ukraine thing, while it is important, it is important, it shouldn't be as Americans, in my opinion, our focus right now. We have way more important things to our own national sovereignty that we need to be focusing on, which is the fact that our 2020 election was stolen and the fake government is still in place. In fact, they gave the State of the Union address last night and I literally could hardly stand to watch them walk into chambers clapping and laughing and cheering when I know that I know that I know that they stole the election. And anybody with a brain knows that they stole the election. So here we go. This guy makes this this previous Supreme Court Justice, Michael Gableman, comes and makes this presentation yesterday to the Wisconsin uh, a committee and with um a committee on election integrity in Wisconsin. And the actual name of the committee is, let's see, the title of his report is the Office of the Special Counsel Second Interim Investigative Report on the Apparatus and Procedures of the Wisconsin Election System, delivered to the Wisconsin State Assembly on March 1st, 2020. 
22. So this is how he starts. He stands up and he he opens with this speech of humility and gratitude. And he says, the reason, first off, he addresses the fact that there are people on this committee who he has in the past not actually gotten along with, but that their goal as a body should be to find out the truth. And he starts talking about the building that they're in. And he says, the reason that the founders of this building built it this way, and he was insinuating that some of the builders who designed their Capitol building designed our Capitol building in D.C., the reason that the founders of this building built it this way is to remind us that we are not about our personal interest. We're working for our federal, our fellow citizens. Those of us in public service are called to actually be better people when we're under this roof than we are normally in our everyday lives, which I thought was a great, humble way to open a very divisive and tricky conversation. So he also started by saying that this meeting was going to be an ongoing discussion that wasn't going to end at the end of this meeting, that the conversation would continue on past this presentation. This was not the end. And if any of you watch the Arizona audit videos, the comparison to this presentation versus what I watched when the ninja guys did the presentation in Arizona was that this Supreme Court justice, Michael Gableman, got straight to the point. I mean, he he just he was like, I'm not going to drag this on for hours and hours and, and make you wonder what our end goal is. Like, I'm going to give it to you from the very beginning and then I'm going to go in and prove it to you and show you all the evidence that we've collected. So. This was his overview that he opened with. He said, our goal is to find the truth. And these are the truths that they found. Number one, the Center for Tech and Civic Life's $8.8 million Zuckerberg plan grant with the cities of Milwaukee, Madison, Racine, Kenosha, and Green Bay, which he goes on to call the Zuckerberg Five Cities, violates Wisconsin law prohibiting election bribery. Number two, the motive for these grants was impermissible and partisan get-out-the-vote efforts. Number three, government oversight has been obstructed by governmental and outside corporate collusion. Number four, this collusion and entanglement also caused a host of questionable actions by the Zuckerberg Five. Number five, corporate legal defense to facilitate obstruction might violate the Wisconsin Ethics Code. Number six, Wisconsin election, Wisconsin election officials' widespread use of absentee ballot drop boxes violated Wisconsin law. Number seven, the Wisconsin Elections Commissions, or the WEC, or the WEC as he called it, unlawfully directed clerks to violate rules protecting nursing home residents, resulting in a 100% voting rate in many nursing homes in 2020, including many ineligible voters. Number eight, the WEC 
also unlawfully encouraged the evasion of ballot security measures related to indefinitely confined voters at the behest of outside corporations. Number nine, wards under guardianship orders and legally prevented from voting, legally prohibited from voting, voted unimpeded by Wisconsin's election officials as they are not recorded in the WISVOTE voter database, even though the circuit courts have this information. Number 10, non-citizens voted unimpeded by Wisconsin's election officials as they are not recorded in the WISVOTE voter database, even though Wisconsin law requires citizenship to vote. And finally, number uh, 11, number 11, Milwaukee, Madison, Racine, Kenosha, and Green Bay election officials may have violated the federal and Wisconsin equal protection clauses by not treating all voters equal in the same election. Okay, that was a lot, but that is like the overview of all of the things that they found in their search for truth in the Wisconsin elections. One thing I want to note here is it's very interesting to me that they had a previous state Supreme Court justice head up this committee, this Office of Special Counsel. They're, you know, as a citizen, you think of your Supreme Court justices as they have to have the, like, of all the people who have truth, they have to have the literal plumb line of truth. And as a believer who, you know, I use spiritual discernment as I watch and read and learn about everything that's been going on in our government. And I have a really uh, spot on gifting or ability to be able to hear when people are bullshitting. <laughs> and this guy is not bullshitting. He he is um he's he he enters with this humility. He he's he strongly shows power and masculinity and says, you know, like don't mess with me cuz we I will fight, but that's not what I've come here for. I've come here to find the truth. Um and, and present the truth as we've been able to find it. And we will continue this conversation even after I'm finished giving you this presentation. So then after he goes through all of these, you know, 11 main point findings, he decides to, to shift and cut straight to the recommendations, which is another thing that they didn't do in the Arizona presentation was they went on and on and on and on and on with all their findings and all their evidence. And by the time that they got to the like recommendations point, people were glazed over. Like you only get an hour of someone's attention until they just check out. And so he's, he cut straight to the recommendations at the beginning of his presentation. Here's the first one, and it's the biggie. Number one, he recommends dismantling and eliminating the Wisconsin Elections Commission, the WEC. He called them, at best, hopelessly incompetent. Hopelessly incompetent. 
you could have heard a pin drop in that room. Now, there were actual citizens, Wisconsin citizens in the room. They all started clapping. They were so excited. And then the Democrats on the committee got so mad. And they, they were like, you need to tell them to be quiet. They got so mad. But anyways, he recommends dismantling, eliminating the WEC. He also talked about the WEC's budget. And he says the WEC has a $10 million budget and that his investigation, in com- you know, comparably, was given $600,000, which they have at this point only used $300,000 of the $600,000. Then he shifts, goes on to say, Soros has given millions to establish a defense fund for any of these Uh, election workers and employees who they've had to question during this this discovery period of time and that he starts to drop hints about he's going to talk about Zuckerberg and the 80 million dollars that he's given it's uh it, it just starts you're I mean he just starts linking everything together and you can just tell that there's just some seriously fishy stuff that's been going on with with Wisconsin since the election and during the election. So his next recommendation is to maintain a single statewide voter registration database and make it publicly available and secure. So here's a huge problem that I didn't realize with the Wisconsin issue is that their voter registration database is not publicly available. Um if you want to access that da- that database, you have to pay $12,500 per day to get access to that information. Um, and he was saying, you know, that's really insane. Like if you want to look up voter registration data, it should be transparent. And it's not. It's not transparent. Next, he goes on to say that the governor of Wisconsin, Tony Evers, told the clerks to lawyer up and that every single person that had to speak to the OSC, this committee, this this special counsel, retained out-of-state counsel before they spoke to him. No one voluntarily spoke to this special counsel team. Um, He also recommends decertifying the 2020 election for Wisconsin. At this point, a very mouthy representative got very upset because the crowd just went wild when he said that. And the chairwoman of the committee basically like elbow dropped her. She was like, I think these people are being very fair and they've been very well behaved up until this point and just basically told the mouthy woman to shut up and that she would handle it. So... Then he kind of pivots and starts talking about um, the nursing home election theft. And he begins by explaining that 92,000 people are in continuing care facilities across Wisconsin. And in those Zuckerberg five counties, and I'll read those to you once more, that is Milwaukee, Madison, Racine, Kenosha and Green Bay, that in those five counties, nursing homes reported 95 to 100% voting rates for their residents. Now, as a, as a, 
how do I put this in the most polite way? As a person who has the ability to cognitively think, you are a person who can cognitively think for yourself. Do you honestly believe that 95 to 100% of nursing home residents in five of the largest counties in Wisconsin are going to have the mental capacity to vote? Like 100% of these places, like you really think a nursing home is going to have 100% ability, like participation participation rate when they can, ment- can they mentally do it? And not only that, can they mentally do it? It's, do they have, are, are any, are they under court order to not be able to vote? Because a lot of times when you are given, you know, you give your child power of attorney over your health because you have dementia or you've had a stroke or, you know, the court will literally say in the court order that this person is not allowed to vote anymore. And so that statistic, you know, that that number, 95% to 100% voting rate is it's implausible. It's impossible. So he starts this section of his presentation by showing video clips of probably eight to 10 different nursing home residents in Wisconsin who voted in the 2020 election. In the room with them is either their ward, so a court-appointed ward, or it's their family members. And he starts by asking the ward or the family members, when did your loved one enter this facility? How long have they been in care? Um, And at what point were their rights signed over to you? And every single one of them, it was like, you know, 2017, some of them, something was one guy had been under his son's care since 1970. Like he is completely, completely brain dead, but he voted in the 2020 election. And so um, they show the process of how, how a nursing home voting process is supposed to work. There are these five questions that um, these, they're basically like special appointees to nursing homes from the election commission. They're supposed to go out. They're supposed to interview these people who legally can vote if they haven't had this taken away from them for their family. And they're supposed to ask them these five questions. And these five questions establish their cognitive function for voting. And it's questions like, Imagine that two candidates are running for governor of Wisconsin and today is voting day in Wisconsin. What will the people of Wisconsin do today to pick the next governor? Well, you and I would both answer they would go out and vote. Well, like nine out of 10 of these people couldn't answer that question. Like some of them just sat there. One lady was like, the governor's an asshole. (laughs) Just, you know, I mean, they're, I laugh, but. All of these people voted. They voted. I'm doing air quotes. They voted in the election. So you have to really think like there was so much fraud that happened. It's obvious there was so much fraud that happened. One lady even say said, they make you vote here. I told them I didn't want to vote and they make you vote. So this presenter says, Five of the six WEC commissioners intentionally and knowingly did away with the voting 
deputies, which the voting deputies are the one or ones who go and ask these cognitive questions. And they turned a blind eye when residents were presented with ballots by nursing home employees, which is illegal in Wisconsin. So these nursing home employees actually took these took these ballots around and presented them to the residents to fill out or they filled them out themselves. Um, this was a very moving section of the presentation because you saw the the family members there with their loved ones who were all in deep cognitive decline. And these family members are explaining how they discovered that their loved one voted in 2020 and how it just blew their mind because they were like, you know, they're in lockdown for COVID. They, they, these people were like, we couldn't even get in to see them. And so to know that somehow they voted when we weren't even allowed to come into the facility, like it just felt basically felt abusive. It felt like they were taken advantage of. And this was 10 10 examples on camera, but there are 92,000 people in continuing care facilities across Wisconsin. And in those largest five counties, those Zuckerberg five counties, those nursing homes reported 95 to 100% voting rate for their residents. How many thousands and thousands of our most vulnerable population were taken advantage of? Not just people who were invented out of thin air, but real, real American citizens, real American citizens who were taken advantage of. It makes me so angry. And I'm so grateful that this Office of Special Counsel has pushed this out into the open. This is a great opportunity for me to read to you some of the headlines that I found today on the internet when I searched for this, this presentation. So I searched for Assembly Committee on Campaigns and Elections Members. I was just looking for the members. Here are the news articles that popped up. This is from the Wisconsin Examiner. In conspiracy-laden circus, Gableman attacks Wisconsin Election Administration. In a conspiracy-laden circus. Okay. This is what Yahoo said. Good old Yahoo. Wisconsin Republicans paid $676,000 for a Trump-supporting ex-judge to tell them to decertify the 2020 election, which they cannot do. <sighs> this is CBS. Investigator hired by Wisconsin's GOP-led legislature advises considering decertifying the state's 2020 election results. Like, give me a break. I, I mean, we all know the media is corrupt, but like, give me a break. You, your job is to present the news, not present your opinion. That's my job. <laughs> That's my job. I have a podcast. The last one I'm going to leave you with is... Uh, the urban Milwaukee, the Gableman Conspiracy Circus. Yeah, the circus. I'll tell you, the circus was watching the State of the Union address last night. That was the circus. We had our circus clown, Nancy Pelosi, in the corner. We had the Queen of Hearts, 
Kamala Harris in the other corner. And then we had the Joker, the Jackal himself, Joe Biden, right in the center. Do you also notice that AOC looked really pissed that she had to sit up in the galley? (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. Okay. Let's shift gears now and go back to the report and talk about the Zuckerberg connection. Um, He opens this section with showing a bunch of different headlines about how, I mean, even the mainstream media has shared publicly how Zuckerberg influenced the election. But the one headline that caught me was from NPR's All Things Considered program, which is like a four minute clip. But this was the title, How Private Money from Facebook CEO Saved the 2020 Election. Zuckerberg saved the 2020 election? No. Zuckerberg functioned as a shadow government and elected who he wanted to elect because that's his jockey boy, Joe Biden. Okay. So I'm diving into too much of what I think and not what he said, but this is he go this is what he says. He goes back and he he introduces the CTCL. This is a really important thing for you to know. The CTCL, the Center for Tech and Civic Life, it's run by a former, it's run by many former Obama representatives and operatives. Um, It's headquartered in Chicago, and it is a shady, shady business. And you can't see this right now, but in my office, I have what I like to call my web wall, and it's where I'm taking all of the connections that I've found over the past two years and just putting them up on the wall and webbing them together like an investigative reporter does, just so I can visually get it out of my head and onto a space so I can see how it's all connected. And the note card that I have in the center of that wall is the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. So Mark Zuckerberg is married to Priscilla Chan. They have a, I want to say it's a nonprofit. Let me check really quick. Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. It would make sense that it was a 501c3, but let's see, Wikipedia. The Chan Zuckerberg Initiative is an organization established and owned by Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg and his wife Priscilla Chan with an investment of 99% of the couple's wealth from their Facebook shares over their lifetime. It is set up as an LLC and is an example of philanthropy. So no, it is not a 501c3. It's just an LLC. But this is how they funnel their money. Um, It does function kind of as an NGO, a non-governmental organization. And we will be having a podcast topic on that very, very soon. Okay, let's get back. Zuckerberg invested $330 million through the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative to CTCL to fund public elections. And a man named David Plouffe is in charge of basically where that money goes. David Plouffe was the campaign manager for Barack Obama's 2008 presidential campaign. He was a senior advisor to Obama. He is a partner at AKPD Message and Media, a political consulting firm that only works for Democratic candidates, and the author of A Citizen's Guide to Beating Donald Trump, and the Zuckerberg Fund Director of Policy 
and advocacy. So anywhere money needs to go when it comes to policy and advocacy, David Plouffe is in charge. And apparently he helped Obama's rise to power. Like he was one of the ones who quote unquote discovered Obama and helped him up. I haven't dug into that yet. Maybe he'll be his own podcast topic at some point. But anyways, David Plouffe is in charge of dispersing this money. It goes to CTCL and then it also goes to a legal defense fund called SEER, S-C-E-I-R, the SEER Legal Defense Fund. And then CTCL selectively awarded grants to fellow partisans. Now, the CTCL gave these grants to key Democratic heavy cities to swing the vote to Biden. Um, The largest grants went to the most reliably Democratic cities and to the Zuckerberg Five, the total was $8.8 million. $8.8 million to influence Wisconsin elections. Um, There was a complaint made by a citizen to the WEC about the CTCL's activity, and then they ended up giving $1.7 million to other municipalities, but only after somebody complained about it. And it was 15% of the total $10.5 million given to Wisconsin in total. So these largest five counties, the Zuckerberg five get 8.8 million. The other counties get 1.7 million and the CTCL gets access to these voter databases, the one I was telling you about that normally costs $12,500 per day, they get unfettered access to it at a no-cost basis. So CTCL gets in there, and along very, very clear demographic lines, they specifically target African Americans with a get-out-the-vote effort. Um, This is... You know, a get, getting out the vote is great. We want every American who can legally vote to vote. It's our country. It's our right. It's what our founders fought and died for. It's what people fought for for years to get out the vote for women, to get out the vote for African-Americans. Like, it is vital for us to be able to exercise our our freedom in this capacity. But the problem is, is that when you are funding certain counties with millions of dollars just to specifically target a single demographic of people who more than likely are going to vote in the way you want them to vote, you are essentially functioning as a shadow government. So what they've done with this special counsel report is they are putting in legal context what we've known now for two years. And the problem that I'm hearing now is that people are like, well, you can't do anything now. It's not like you're going to be able to decertify the election. Well, you know what? Actually, you can. 
Actually, you can, because enough of these types of reports come out and the American public is no longer going to be able to ignore the fact that our election was stolen. It was stolen. It was illegally stolen. It was knowingly stolen. So I applaud Wisconsin for stepping up, getting this report out to the Supreme Court justice, Michael Gableman. Well done. Well done, sir. You did a great job. I can't wait to watch the rest of the report. I, I stopped it. It's 2.45 in the afternoon the day after. I, I knew I just needed to get this to get this news out to you because it's so vital. It's so important for you to hear it. Um, but I will keep my eye on this and I will let you know when I hear updates and I will follow the rabbit trail on these different players. Maybe I'll come back and talk more about what I can find out about the Center for Tech and Civic Life. Um, we'll dive into this some more. So thank you for staying engaged in this conversation. Don't get distracted by what's going on in Russia and in Ukraine. I'm not saying that those aren't important things because they're vitally important things, but we can't follow the laser pointer to the Ukraine when we have our own stuff that we need to be focusing on here. Once you realize that you're following that laser pointer, you can say, yeah, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not playing that game with you anymore. We can, we can look at what we have going on here at home and handle the business that we need to handle now because it's our job. We are American citizens. We are not going to let our freedoms be stolen. Just not going to happen. I am on Locals now. Have you heard of Locals before? Locals is a community that is subscription-based, Locals.com. And you can join me over there for posts that you see on Instagram, but I also have these exclusive members-only posts that you can access for about $5 a month. If you want to get in touch with me and want the ability to DM me and send me, you know, stuff that doesn't get squashed down on my inbox. It's a $20 tier per month. It helps me on so many different levels. Number one, locals is censorship free. So you have the ability to say whatever you want to and no one's going to censor you. It's fantastic. I have fought that for so long. I'm so grateful that we have some more platforms coming out where we don't have to worry about big tech censorship. But also what's cool about locals is that you can share post with the community as well. So if you find information or you hear a podcast that you are loving and you feel like these other patriots need to hear it, you can share it on Locals. So check out my Locals channel, locals.com slash Whitney Mead. That's where you can find me on Locals. And I will also leave that link in the show notes as well. And thank you for joining me on the Mead feed. As always, it's such a pleasure to talk to you about all of the wacko stuff going on in our country, but I have hope. I have faith. It's going to work out. All right, y'all. Mead feed out. <laughs>